but it's a Japanese proverb. It says, fall down seven times, get up eight. Welcome to Gleanings, where we explore holistic approaches to reaching your true potential, mind, body, and soul. It was a joy to connect with another professional in the holistic health field. Mirandi Leverett joined us from across the ocean in Australia. She is a multimodality holistic healer with passions in Reiki, crystal healing, and exercise physiology. Marendi is a model of turning your pain into your purpose. She loves to help others heal mind, body, and soul. Today, I'd like to welcome Marendi Leverett, and she's gonna join us today on our Gleanings podcast. And would you like to go ahead and tell us what profession you're in? Hi, thanks for having me. Well, that's the funny thing. I am multidisciplinary um, trained. So I trained as an exercise physiologist um, some 25 years ago, but in the last um, 12 years, I've also trained in Reiki healing, crystal healing, and numerology and past life regression. So I like to say I am a holistic healer or holistic counselor. So I incorporate all of my modalities into my, well, not into my sessions, but depending on what the client needs will depend on what kind of modality I'll use during the session. I might use a combination of some, or I might just use one solely. It, yeah. I, I intuitively guided to what the client needs at that time. That's perfect. At least you have a wide variety of uh, different tools to use. Yeah. So what drew you to this profession? Um, well, I guess I've always been interested and fascinated by the human body and how it works. Um, so I guess that's what drove me to being an exercise physiologist because it's all about, well, back when I studied it, it was called human movement science. Mm-hmm. Um but I guess it was after I left a abusive domestic violence relationship that I rediscovered my spiritual skills. I'd also had lost my dad and I um, went and saw a psychic for the first time ever. And that was really what opened me up to accepting or learning more about these other um, modalities. So I actually, I did it a bit backwards. A lot of people... Uh, get trained in Reiki first and then go on to train in crystal healing or other modalities. I did it the backward way. <laughs> I did crystal healing first because I guess I'm a person who loves um, tactile, tangible. So I feel I have to have, and I think that comes from being an exercise physiologist too, using your body, using weights, resistance to help people with um, rehabilitation. So I felt I needed tangible tools so I needed crystals and pendulums and things to help me you know heal myself as well as my clients so yeah I went the backward way um so yeah so I guess I've always been interested in crystals I think back now my mum and dad here in Queensland Australia um a very uh mineral dense land 
um, if you go out west. And I remember traveling out west with them to a uh, what we call um, Western or Central Queensland, but it's west of um, Rockhampton. And it's a big mining area of gems and crystals and things like that. And that's where I came into contact with my first crystals thunder eggs I don't know if anyone knows what thunder eggs are but they're essentially like a round rock and you cut them in half and the crystals are inside um, and making beautiful shapes and then a family friend gave me some opals so I and I was only 13 so that's when my love for crystals started Um, and then when I was at uni I kind of dabbled a little bit um, in spirituality stuff but more I guess um aromatherapy that type of thing um but it wasn't until I left my marriage and rediscovered my spiritual side and rediscovered my love for crystals that yeah it kind of took off from there so uni I assume is university yes sorry and and I just find it intriguing (laughs) that those are available at your universities we're pretty limited if we want to do that we have to kind of find programs outside of traditional education oh well sorry I probably should have clarified I did this in my spare time outside of uni so where I studied again it was Rockhampton it was so funny um when we were 13 and we traveled through Rockhampton I saw the university campus and I actually said to my mum I'm going to come here and study. And she's like, what are you talking about? And yeah, later on in life, I moved to Rockhampton and studied at that campus. So I obviously felt a connection to the land there. Um, But yeah, no, it was in my spare time. I met a friend at uni and she was into all that alternative health. That's what we call it. Well, before we knew about spirituality, it was called alternative health. (laughs) And Rockhampton being close to the beach and the ocean, there's a beachside town called Yapoon. And that's where we say all the hippies and the alternatives hang out. So, yeah, there was a local business there that used to run workshops on aromatherapy and alternative therapies and things like that. So, um, yeah, I guess that's, yeah, outside of my university studies, that was like my hobby um, that I would go and do. Have you experienced any resistance from family or friends about your adventure? Um. One of my children, he he was very much into crystals when he was little because when I started, my oldest children were early primary school age. So they were very much into crystals. And when I learned how to do chakra balancing, they were always asking me, mom, can you do a chakra balance? <laughs> now he's a teenager. And like a lot of people say, kids, because they're so intuitive when they're younger, as they grow up, they tend to switch off their connection to spirit or you know for whatever reason they just yeah turn it away sometimes just to fit in right (laughs) yeah so I've got one son who is I don't want to say he's anti but he's always talking about my (laughs) woo-woo oh your crystal therapy it's a it's it's a you know it's oh what's he say oh like essentially (laughs) yeah sham that sort of thing and I feel like saying to him but you loved your crystals as a kid um whereas my other kids like his twin brother so they're twins he still has his crystals he bought back when he was a little kid like when he moved bedrooms he took the crystals with him 
Um, and then my 13 year old daughter has in the last 12 months rediscovered her love of crystals. So I have to watch my crystal collection because she'll come in and raid my crystals. <laughs> and I'm like, where's this one gone? Um, and of course, I've got two younger children who are primary school age. And of course, they're at that age where they just love rocks and crystals. Right. <laughs> so uh, I guess my ex-husband, he probably thinks it's a, a sham. <laughs> That's probably where one of my twins gets it from. Um, but uh, funnily enough, no, my friends and my immediate close family embrace what I do. I actually do, you know, complimentary healings on them. Um, I remember when I first got into tarot reading, oracle card reading, um, my mum's, I shouldn't say a devout Catholic, but she's Catholic and very, well, not very strict at it, but when I introduced her to oracle cards, she loves them. And I gave her a set that actually were religious based. Oh, and um, yeah. And uh, anyway, she's like, don't tell my friend. She, she will be anti this. I'm like, well, don't tell her. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm actually finding, um, especially in the last uh, five years and maybe more so since COVID people are uh, reigniting their interest in spirituality you know, alternative health um, or rediscovering it because they have shut it off because of, you know, negative connotations from people. But I think people are just wanting to find other ways to deal with day-to-day stress life. Um, and people are just getting more inquisitive and interested. So um, also looking for deeper yeah. meaning than we used yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They're wanting to, you know, I'm a big believer of the whole, um, you know, trinity of mind, body, soul, you know, you can't work on one without working on the others. Um, it's all, and if they're all in balance and all working well, then, you know, you should be great. But if you're just working on your mind and not your body and your soul, or you're just working on your soul, you know, everything gets out of balance. So I, I, a big believer, I guess, you know, coming with my exercise physiology background, movement is working your body. And um, I always say to people, cause I have a few clients who say, oh, I can't meditate. I said, well, you don't have to actually sit there and meditate. There are many different ways to meditate. It could be just sitting outdoors in silence, just being more aware of your surroundings. It could be, for me, my meditation is exercising. If mm. I go out and exercise, it just puts my mind in a different headspace. And, you know, that's when a lot of my ideas or my intuitive thoughts come through more clearly when I'm exercising. So I say to people, you know, there's no one um, way that will suit everyone. You've got to find the um, modality that will help you. So um, yeah. And of course, with your mind, of course, that's what you do through meditation, yoga, whatever, reading books, that sort of thing. Again, I say to people, don't do what everyone else is doing. You've got to find <laughs> what works for you. Yeah, a lot of times people think it's just, you know, sitting up on a mountain you know, cross-legged <laughs> with nobody That's around. And, yeah, and being in a meditative state like the, right. um, you know, the um, monks or the Buddhas or right. whatever, they sit there for hours or days <laughs> on end. I'm like, we're too busy for that. I'm a mum. I'm a mum of five. I don't have that time. Like if I can get five, 10 minutes to meditate, right. then that's, that's, that suits me. Um, yeah. It was do what interesting that you. you mentioned that the Oracle cards, you had some that were religious based. Cause I was thinking of your son that maybe sometimes like with religion, how our children 
maybe brought up a certain way in the church mm. and all. And then during those teen and, you know, early adult years, they kind of do their own thing. And then sometimes they come back. So he may come back to the crystals. Yeah, yeah. most definitely. And I think it, it's kind of probably um, partly his father's influence. His father's an right. atheist. Um, so my kids were baptized Catholic because that was just my belief. Um, but I never forced religion on them. Um, but, you know, yeah, I just let them have their ways. And, you know, if they come back around or discover another religion or spiritual practice that suits them, then I will be supportive of that. Because I guess I'm not a practicing Christian, but I do believe that there is a higher being, purpose, whatever it is, <laughs> whatever people <laughs> want to call it, God, you know, Mother Earth, whatever it is, <laughs> divine, whatever. I, I'm very open to um, using any term because I don't think there's one term to describe the higher sense above us. So, yeah. Yeah, I always think it's interesting. Um, people debate so much about what term to use for a higher power. And I just wonder if like, we'll all get to heaven and be like, hey, no matter what we called this higher power, it was, mm. you know, all similar thing. That's it. And it is, it just depends on, you know, who, what culture you grew up mm -hmm. in, you know, because here in Australia, we've just celebrated what we call NADOC week. Don't ask me what the acronym means, <laughs> <laughs> but essentially it's to um, embrace and um, celebrate our Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. And, you know, the Aboriginal cultures talk about the rainbow serpent. That's their higher being The you know, the rainbow mm -hmm. serpent, created the world the earth he created the rivers and the lakes and the mountains and I think it's such a beautiful story of how they believe the world was created and I think that's what I love is just embracing every cultures and religions you know because it's all just been stories passed down from hundreds of thousands of years and I think it doesn't matter how the story is told there's some kind of similarities along the line and we've all got a different name for that higher being so yeah yeah it was interesting I was definitely raised in a well initially in a Baptist church and then just non-denominational Christian and I remember when I first started getting into Ayurveda and chakras and crystals and um, aromatherapy and everything and just kind of hiding it because I didn't yes. know like how that was going to be received and be like oh that's like satanic or something and it's just interesting <laughs> like it's so not <laughs> yeah well funnily enough you know because I come from what we call an allied health background versus my spiritual background I actually had some backlash on a job I took a contract job many years ago to set up a um exercise physiology student clinic at a university so this clinic was set up to train and mentor upcoming exercise physiology um, graduates and I remember my friend who had put me forward for the job she knew about my spiritual side and about my crystals and things like that and um and you know she's always been you know a supporter of it but she said our boss actually questioned. He must have like gone and Googled me. <laughs> and because my name is so unusual, it's not hard to find me on Google. <laughs> and he obviously discovered my spiritual business before he discovered my exercise physiology business. And he was actually querying her. Well, 
is Mirendi going to be doing her woo-woo in the clinic? And my friend <laughs> said, no, she keeps them totally separate. I can guarantee you that when Mirendi is an exercise physiologist and working in that modality, that's what she does. She doesn't bring in her other stuff. Um, <laughs> she can wear her different hats, but yeah, you will not find her practicing crystal therapy or Reiki <laughs> on the clients in the clinic. But it's just interesting that people get this stigma and I have had issues and I still grapple with it now I can't actually get the you know my exercise physiology um, work to integrate with my spiritual work because I guess we've got this code of conduct code of ethics that I can only when I'm an exercise physiology I can only practice that I can't be bringing in other so-called alternative therapies. So I have to actually say to clients, well, if you want to see me for exercise, then this is it. If you want to see me for something else, then we have to book a separate appointment. Mm -hmm. So I have really struggled um, mentally and emotionally on how to, yeah, get the two worlds to kind of melt together or work in sync with each other. Cause it is, um, yeah, there is that stigma. That's interesting. So do you have a favorite aromatherapy or crystal? Um, well, you mean like aromatherapy oil or aromatherapy? an essential oil? Yeah. yeah essential essential oil. Oh, I don't know. I like them all. <laughs> <laughs> if you're asking me now at the moment, um, I've, I don't even know what's in this one. I like the blends. So um, this one's called grounding. So I don't even know if it tells me on there what it is. Um, but I guess my go-to is probably the eucalyptus oils because they're so Australian. And now there's just, you know, used to be just one eucalyptus oil. That was it. <laughs> now they've realized because there's so many different eucalyptus trees that they all have their own scent, which is so true. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, so I guess probably saying at the moment I'm enjoying um experimenting and discovering all these different eucalyptus oils there's another one tea tree really popular here in australia because it's just mass produced but so many you know it can be used for topical stuff you yeah, know we use, it, we use tea tree a lot for injuries and wounds yeah and, and we use it for um you know when you've got colds and flus and things mm-hmm. like that so um right. yeah so probably those are the ones in terms of favorite crystals i guess Again, it depends on what mood I'm in or where I'm at. <laughs> but I guess at the moment, my favorite is probably the malachite. Because um, one, it's green and I resonate quite a lot with green because I guess my birth month is May and that's the emerald. Um, and also because it's associated with the um, heart chakra, but that's probably one that I like a lot. But again, if you could see my room here, you'll see I've got crystals everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I love making crystal grids and um, just, you know, I, I like doing, I like to, I'm not trained in feng shui, but I love feng shui and I love using crystals to help, you know, enhance my space, depending on what it is that I'm focusing on. But yeah. So you have your two businesses kept separately. What would each one look like in a session? in a session. So with my exercise physiology, so um, essentially at the moment, 
I used to have a clinic many years ago, had three clinics, um, shut them all down because it was just getting too expensive to, you know, overheads, expenses and staff wages. So I just went back to myself. So I predominantly do home visits now because of COVID. Um, a lot of my clients, uh, you know, work with disabled clients or clients um, who have high needs or uh, have a chronic illness. So them going out into a public space is not, you know, either their choice or it's not safe. So I tend to do home visits or I'll meet them in a local park because um, I don't have my own space anymore. Um, so yeah, sessions can run from anywhere from half an hour to an hour, but most of the time, the purpose of their sessions is just to help improve their function, strength, to be able to just maintain what we call activities of daily living. So being able to, you know, remain independent, um, be able to continue to live in their home without, you know, a lot of support, um, you know, a lot of the older people, you know, they've seen their parents move into nursing homes and they don't want to do that. So they're really um, motivated to keep themselves relatively fit to be able to main, you know, stay at home longer. And here in Australia too, we call it aged care. It's getting quite expensive now. Literally you have to yeah, <laughs> sell an arm and a leg <laughs> to um, even get a spot. And then there's waiting lists. So it is, um, there is a big push now to encourage people to stay in their own homes for as long as they can um because um places in aged care are, you know few between um so yeah i'm a big believer of functional exercise so using your own body um to work as a resistance because a lot of my clients you know are older and can't afford gym memberships or don't want to go to the gym or like i said i've got disabled clients they can't afford a lot of equipment so using their own body weight or just, you know, small pieces of equipment, whether it's a few small hand weights or a resistance band. Um, and I guess, you know, encouraging functional exercise is way better because it means then there are no excuses. <laughs> People have always got excuses. Oh, I can't go to the gym, can't afford it, or I can't do this, can't do that. It's like, you can do so much in your <laughs> own home. There is no reason why we can't be um, exercising. Um, with my holistic healer business, I rent a room to see people but I also um have you know can do um online consultations so you know when we have a COVID lockdown or <laughs> we had some bad weather earlier this year um and it wasn't safe to be traveling outside I just moved all my clients to via zoom and you know especially Reiki and even past life regression they work just as well if not better via online um then having the person in the room i think sometimes people can get a bit anxious and so having that slight disconnect from you and they can be in the comfort of their own home you know oh yeah i can lay on my bed or i can be in my own special space where i feel safe and be able to you know participate in this healing and then it means they're not having to travel home as well because i don't know what other people feel like after having a reiki healing or any kind of um, holistic healing sometimes you just don't want to go anywhere after having it done you just want to be in the moment and then you know you have to jump in your car and drive home <laughs> so remember, sometimes it's good to just yeah do it via zoom I remember the first time I had the Reiki done and I wasn't really 
at all aware of what to expect. And then it was a very emotional experience. And then I felt kind of emotionally drained afterwards. So I could definitely Mm -hmm. see how it would be nice to not be traveling around afterwards and just kind of maybe even journal about it. Yeah, totally. Well, I had a Reiki healing um, on Monday. I went to my naturopath who just lives locally, but um, I had to drive there, of course. But it was yesterday that I felt the flatness after it. So yeah, yeah. everyone's different with how they um, respond to Reiki or any type of healing, but the healing continues after the session. Um, But, you know, you can't stop life and just... (laughs) hang out for a while you just go keep going but yeah I noticed yesterday I just felt really flat and didn't want to do much (laughs) after my Reiki healing on Monday but I'm sure that'll switch up soon enough do you ever do group sessions say at businesses um not so much businesses but I have tried to run like um women's and teen circles so incorporating um some healing modalities whether it is we do chakra balancing or um we do some you know uh, you know some i can you know do yeah some like gentle reiki on people in the group um that sort of thing um but again uh this year you know yeah i think uh you know people keep making excuses but i have to say this year's been probably just as hard as previous years with covid because here in australia um, well, here, well, yeah, probably much, pretty much the east coast of Australia. We experienced a lot of flooding earlier in the year. Now we're going through a what what they're calling a third COVID wave. <laughs> it feels like we go through one every year. Um, <laughs> plus the flu, and then plus down in New South Wales, they're experiencing flooding again. So oh. we just feel like there's a lot of unrest, and people are just on eggshells and not wanting to engage so I found that it's um been really quite difficult to get anything running this year um just with what's been going on what would you say is your favorite approach or technique to use oh good question um oh I probably have to say past life regression um, because it really gets down deep into, you know, whether it's, you know, trauma from childhood or um, past life trauma experiences. Um, I just find it has the most profound effect on people. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, it's me just guiding them. I'm the facilitator. I'm actually not doing any healing myself. I'm just facilitating the session. It's like putting them into a, you know, their own meditative state or some people like to call it a hypnotic state. And they're actually doing their own healing because they're going back and revisiting past memories that they've probably repressed. And, you know, and from there they are healing whatever the current issue is they're experiencing. So, yeah, it's probably past life regression, I feel, has the yeah, most deepest and profound effect on people. What do you find the most challenging thing of your profession and has that shifted at all since um, the pandemic started? Um, It's probably getting consistency with clients because I guess there's so many of us out there practicing 
various different holistic modalities. And I think it's, um, you know, I'm not saying that there's, you know, people out there not doing the right thing, but I think just because there's so many of us, it's hard for people to really connect and find the right healer for what they need. Um, a lot of the time people are choosing healing modalities because of, you know, locality close to themselves or because it's whoever's offering it is offering it cheap or whatever but you know it's trying to I'm trying to stay authentic to myself and not trying to look at what other people are doing and what other people are charging because people will be attracted to me because of how I do it and you know how I come across I guess so yeah, it's probably just it, it feels like it's a saturated market at the moment <laughs> And what would you view as a successful session for you? A successful session is anyone who comes out of that session feeling better than what they did when they started. Mm -hmm. Or what I find is I like to check in with my clients, you know, 24 hours to 48 hours post or even a week later. Because like I say, with Reiki um, in particular, that continues to work on you even after the session. So um, I guess I love it when a client reports back to me, you know, two days later, a week later, I can still feel that Reiki working on me. <laughs> I feeling shifts happening. Oh my God, a synchronistic event happened. Um, yeah. So I guess it's that kind of thing um, that people can feel it's working, not necessarily seeing physical changes because you won't. Um, but yeah, that they actually feel better at the end of the session or they continue to feel changes happening post the session. Excellent. And what is your favorite affirmation or mantra? <laughs> <laughs> Funny this, I um, have just written a book chapter and then I went to a networking event the other day. I discovered this, um, it's not, I guess it's not a mantra, but it's probably, oh, maybe it is. It's probably more an affirmation. But it's a Japanese proverb. It says, fall down seven times, get up eight. And um, mm. I discovered that, I think, earlier this year or late last year, and it really resonates with me and who I am and what my journey has been. People always say to me, my God, Miranda, you've been through such a you know traumatic event, yet you still get up and keep going. And I'm like, that's just who I am. I just can't let these events stop me in my tracks so um and because i went to this networking event and we're pulling out cards um funny because it was a, a wasn't a woo-woo one but a lot of us were practicing we've got double businesses and a lot of us practice holistic healing i pulled out a card and it was that exact card oh, fall wow. down seven times stand up eight and i went you that's can't <laughs> you can't mix with that that's like no yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah so that's what i yeah that's what i stand for i guess all the time Excellent. And how could people connect with you to learn more? Yeah. So of course I have three businesses. So you're best off just Googling me, Merendi Leverett. Um, <laughs> Cause I've got Merendi health, which is my exercise physiology business. I've got Merendi holistic healer. And then I've got authentic healthpreneurs, which is my business coaching. So I coach other female health and wellness clinicians. Doesn't matter if you're allied health or alternative health. And I help get you you know, moving on starting your own business or growing your business to where you want it to go. Um, yeah. So just Google me, Marendi Leverett. I'm on all social media platforms, Instagram, 
Facebook, all of that. What's your book about? What's it called? And when might it come out? I've just written a chapter for it, but um, it's called Goodbye, Busy, Hello, Happy. So I talk about my own personal journey um, with burnout and um, provide some tips on how I've managed burnout throughout my career. Um, I guess I come from my you know, exercise physiology and holistic healing background and talk about how exercise is good for, you know, managing burnout symptoms as well as, you know, meditation, um, mindset, that sort of thing. Um, it's supposed to be coming out, I think, September, October. Oh, of this year. Yeah, I know, right? They've quick wow. turnaround. <laughs> they certainly do. <laughs> That's excellent. Did you have anything additional you wanted to share with us today? No, I just look forward to connecting with anyone who wants to reach out and just have a chat. I just love chatting with other women and sharing my journey and, you know, helping give them insight onto where they want to go, whether it's business related, their life purpose. Um, I just love, yeah, helping guide them to find out their true purpose in life because we're all a bit lost, I think, at yeah. the moment. Yes. What's your favorite social media so we can uh, go look you up? Oh, it's probably a toss between Facebook and um, Instagram. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I've only just started Pinterest, so I'm very, very new to that. Um, and I haven't quite got to TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Tara, for having me. It was such a blessing to be on your um, podcast today. It was great to learn so much about what you're doing. Thank you. Have a great evening. Or day. Or day. <laughs> Until next time, processed thoughts create desired results.